live. We thank and we praise God this morning. As the song said, I want to be where he is. And I got to be where he is. That is still stirring in my in my spirit. Now, when you when you allow uh, the worship of God uh, to be in His presence, you will desire to be where He is, and not only desire, but you want to be there. You want to be in His presence, and that's just such an awesome song for our message for the the message that the Lord has given us this morning. We would like to say to our online community, we just praise and thank God for you. We, uh, we continually are praying for you. We thank God for your tuning in. We thank God for our House of Destiny Church family. And we just uh, say this morning we love you. We just uh, um, praying and, and praising God for you. Now, we would like to invite your attention this morning, and we are going to go to the book of St. Mark. We're going to go to the book of St. Mark. We're going to <clears throat> go to the book of St. Mark. We have some things that we want to share this morning. One of the things we, uh, we need to understand that many people are going through, whether we acknowledge it openly or not, we are going through. But in times like these, we have to remember, we have to remember that God is still on the throne in times like these. Um, we have to understand that uh, when we look at this world, we have to understand that the world is like a sea. And because the world is like the, the, a sea, the church is in it, and every believer, every believer is a ship carrying valuable cargo. And we have to understand that our destiny is eternal life and Christ is our guide and he's also the master of the ship he's the master of the sea everything that we see everything that's going on in times like these there are things that we have to remember and the key factor is that the Lord himself, he is the master of the sea. No matter how the storm rages, we have to remember that he's the master over it all. And when you're not present among others, that's when you have to know what God says himself in the scriptures. Now, let's go to the book of St. Mark, chapter number 4. St. Mark, chapter number 4. That's where we want to go. St. Mark, chapter number 4. And we want to look at uh, this particular scripture because we have to remember now, keep, keep this in the forefront of your mind, because we have to remember that he is the master of, of the sea. If everything that's going on, when the storms comes up, when, they, when right now everybody is on the, same, on the same page, when we're all in a storm, some type of storm. And we have to remember that God is the master of every situation and he can calm every situation. Now, St. Mark chapter number four says this in verse number 37. And it talks about when Christ was on the, on, on the boat with his disciples. And here in verse number 37, it says, And there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. 
there rose a, it didn't say an ordinary storm, but it says a great storm. And in this great storm, it talks about the wind, the wind that beat upon the ship, the wind that beat upon you, the, the wind. And when you think about the wind, the wind is similar, and can we say it? The wind is similar, or the coronavirus is similar to the wind. And the reason being is you can't see the wind, but you can feel the effects of the wind. You can't see the virus, but you can feel the effects of the virus, okay? So when you look at that now, and, uh, we have to understand that it, it, the, 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 the wind, the, 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 of the situation that's going on, that storm, that thing that you cannot see, it is beating upon this ship, see, upon our temple. We have to understand that. But we don't have to be afraid in times like these. We do not have to be afraid. Now look at verse number 38. 38 says, and, and he was in the hinder, talking about Christ, he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, careth thou not? that we perish. Now, that's one of the things we have to understand is uh, right now, a lot of people has put Christ on the backside of the ship in, in their own life. They're putting him on the backside. And, and when we become so fearful, first thing we want to say to God when, when the storm hit in our life is, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Many people have asked that question. Uh, God, do, do you not care what's going on with everything that's happening in our world? You're saying, God, do you not care? And watch how God replies if we listen, uh, if we are listening, okay? Now, verse 39 says, and he arose. Now, whenever, whenever we ask God a question in sincerity, it calls God to get up. The Bible says, and he arose, and first thing he did was he rebuked the what? He rebuked the wind. That thing that you cannot see that's driving you crazy. Thank you, Lord. Amen. In times like these, the first thing he will do, he will rebuke that very thing that's causing you problems. He, he, he gets up. See, when, when we call out to God in, in sincerity, when we really truly call out to the master, it causes God's heart to do something. Something happens and God began to move and he handles that situation in our life. Has anybody ever had some, had some situations this week that you needed God to handle? Huh, I have. Amen. Okay, we are a real church. Amen. We are one that tells the truth. Amen. Amen. You, you're not talking to somebody that hasn't been through anything or not going through anything, but I know how to call on the master when, when, those, when those winds and that, that thing that you cannot see is really pressing upon this ship. So he gets up and he, he rebukes the wind and then he says unto the sea, that, that thing, that thing that, that just troubling you, he says, peace be still. How many of us had to wait to hear God to say, peace be still, this week in our own life? Because the storms of, the storms of, of, of life were raging. 
things was going on, things was happening, and it seemed like it was out of control. But what God said, he said, peace. He spoke to that thing. This is what we have to remember. And the reason why God gave me this word, I said, okay, God, why, why am I encouraging the people? He said, because things are going to get worse. And he said, because things are going to get worse, that means they need to know. They need to call out to me. They need to remember my word. They need to remember what I'm saying, what I have said, and what I will do. Amen. Things will get worse. Can we say that again? Things are going to get worse. Amen. But we have to remember what God is saying, what God is going to do in our life. We don't have to feel. Watch what, what happens here. It says, when he rebukes, then it says, and the wind, that thing that you cannot see that's causing problems in your life, it will cease. And the Bible says, and there was a great calm. Ah, that was a great calm. In other words, whatever that situation is that you're facing right now, when God speaks to that, that, that wind, that, that, those things that's happening in your life, all of a sudden now a calmness will come. A calmness will come. And when, when God speaks to a thing, then calmness has to come. But then watch verse number 40. It says, And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? And how is that ye have no faith? I said it before, I said it again. I have never seen so many faithless Christians, Christians in my life. The word of God says, and he speaks to his disciples. Now, these disciples had been with him three and a half years. I mean, they're walking with him, and, they, and there's a number of times they had been with him, a number of months, and they're walking with him, and he's been right there, and they've seen the miracles that he had performed, but yet they are fearful. How many Christians today are fearful? Believers. We're fearful, right? Operating in fear. I, I get so tired of hearing people on the phone, they call, and I'm like, and they profess that they know God. They profess that they know God, but they're operating in fear. Well, what's up with that? Do we believe God, he's God that can do what he says he can do? Or are we, are we not really there? Amen. We're not really there. Amen. Because then he goes on, he says, now, why are you so fearful? Then he says, how is it? How is it? You've been walking with me. You say you believe in God. He said, now, how is it that you have no faith? Your faith gone. In times like these, our soul, we got to have an anchor. You, when everything's going on, you have to have an anchor. And then verse um, 41 says, And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? I don't care what's out there. It has to obey God. It has, it, it has to obey God. We are God's children. He loves us. He cares for us. And you can rest assured in times like these. You see, after a while, that money going to get short. Oh, Lord, where that come from? That money that you're getting, that's going to come short. It's going to reduce itself. Then where's your faith going to be? Is your faith in God or is your faith in the money? Can we be real? Because some people put their faith, I mean, they, they, they got all right when they got some money. 
I got all right. Everything was great. Everything was wonderful. But what happens when that money's not there? Can you still believe? Can you still serve God? Can you still praise God when it looks like the bills are not going to get paid? When it looks like nothing is working right? When the winds are coming in our life, can we still praise him? Can we still praise him? All right. Now, let's, let's, let's go on now. Let's go to Hebrews. Just want to teach us this morning, as God has taught me. Hebrews chapter number 6. Times like these. Hmm. See, our soul needs an anchor in times like these. We need to be anchored in the Lord in times like these. You see, looking at Hebrew chapter number 6, beginning at verse number 17. Are we there? Hebrews chapter 6, beginning at verse number 17. It says, Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise. We are his heirs, okay? To show unto the heirs of promise the immutable of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. That word immutability means unchangeable. You know, what what God has set in, in action, what God has set forth, I mean, it is unchangeable. And then verse 18 says that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. God has set some things in motion from the very beginning. There's those two things that is unchangeable are his promises, and he uses an oath to back up his promises. So whenever God, whatever God has promised us, we don't have to worry about it. The, 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 it goes on and talks about a, we can have a strong consolation. We can be consoled knowing that God's got our back. There's no other way to put it, that God has our back. Now, our soul in times like these, our soul needs an anchor. Our soul needs an anchor. Now, the first thing we need to understand, well, what is an anchor in the natural? What does it mean in the natural about an anchor? It says the natural, uh, when it comes down to an anchor, an anchor is a heavy weight or heavy object that is used to keep a ship or a boat from drifting when the waves are heavy. And then God goes on and he says, without this anchor, the boat would drift with every major tide. See, if our anchor, now our anchor is our hope, because when we read on down, we'll see that the anchor is the hope. If we don't have that, that hope, see, that anchor is dropped, it's dropped beneath. And once it's, it's dropped, and even though the winds may blow, even though storms are coming, it will, it will, as the ship moves, as we're moving and being tossed, that it, somehow the anchor catch hope to the soil or to the earth beneath the ground. And once it does that, it will pull that thing so it will not allow us to drift too far. See, right now, because of what's going on in times like these, a lot of Christians or uh, believers has drifted. They have really drifted from God, and something about their anchor is not holding. It's something about the anchor, okay? 
Now, every, it's every major tide that, uh, that comes up against us. Are we not in a major situation right now? Amen. Amen. And how many of us have drifted from the Lord because of the major situation that's going on? But in times like these, our soul needs hope. Our soul needs an anchor. Now, let's talk about a little bit more about this anchor. Now, the anchor is used to stabilize and keep the ship, you, okay, and, and to keep the ship, to keep us fixed. It is, it is used to keep us fixed, keep us from drifting. See, that's why you got to have your hope in Christ. You can't have your hope in materialistic things. You, you, you can't have your hope in, in things that, that's, that's not eternal. Because a lot of times we have our hope in things that are not eternal, the things that are temporal. Our hope needs to be in those things that are eternal, okay? So, so this anchor, it keeps us stabilized and it keeps us fixed. In order, and then too, in order for the anchor to work, it must be dropped to the bottom and out of sight. Sometimes you, you, you can't see it. But your hope is really working. See, when that anchor is dropped to the beneath and it's out of sight, you're like, okay, God, what in the world is going on? I, 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 I don't fear you like I used to fear you. I'm drifting, God. I don't know about y'all, but when I don't deal with God every day, every morning, and when I don't get my time in with him, I feel like I'm drifting. Can we be real in the house? Well, maybe we're not real in the house, or maybe we don't spend time with him. Amen. So you may not know how that is. Amen. But when you got that time with the Lord and when for, for whatever reason distractions come and keep you from being in his presence, then all of a sudden you feel like, oh, God, I, I've, I've done you wrong. That, that's how I feel. I don't know about nobody else, but that's how I feel when I do not give God his time. That, that's exactly how I feel. So so this anchor, it has to be dropped in the bottom out of sight. In other words, it it helps us to understand about Hebrew 11 and 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. So when we're dealing with that anchor, we have to understand, we have to apply God's word. We have to apply his word. Now, the next thing God says is this. Let's watch, and I want you to hear this very clearly. It says, the size of the anchor or your hope must match the length and the width of the ship. It has to match the length and the width of the ship, that anchor in the natural. It has to match the length and the width of the ship. Now, point one, the size of your anchor, which means your hope, the size of your anchor and its ability to hold you in place during a storm in times like these has everything to do with your relationship with God. How you handle what's going on and the situations that arises in our life has everything to do with our relationship with God has everything to do with our relationship with God. Where is our relationship with God? That's a personal question. Where is our relationship? Now, and then, now, it goes on to say now this. When God gave Moses the blueprint, 
to build a temple that was the outer court, that was the inner court, that was the holy place, and that was the most holy of holies, which is beyond the veil. Now, to simplify this blueprint that God gave to Moses, I want to bring it very simple that even an elementary child can understand. Now, the, the outer court, and if we can use this, this analogy, uh, the outer court is like the parking lot. We got parking lot worshipers, but they never go into the presence of God. Your anchor is not going to hold in times like these. And then you, you have your, your outer court. Your outer court is, 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 is where the, the, the priest and the priesthood uh, reside. It's the, the outer court, uh, the, the inner court. The outer court is the parking lot. The inner court is where your, the priest resides and also the priesthood. Now, we have to understand something. Now, in order for us to enter into the presence of God, we have to have a desire to be in the presence of God. The song said, I want to be. I got to be where you are. That's what the song said. I want to be. I got to be where you are. See, where you are, you want to be in the presence of God in times like these. In times like these. You see, the priests and the priesthood, they can enter in into the sanctuary. Okay? And when they, you, can, you know you can enter into this place. Or you can enter into this place, talking about the sanctuary, and still not be in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. See, when you're in the presence of God, you know you're in the presence of God. Because whenever you're in the presence of God, there is no way for you to remain the same. You have to change. When you're in the presence of God, amen? When you're in the presence of God, getting somewhere. And so in times like these, we need an anchor that will hold. In the worst of storms, you must enter into that secret place. That's why Psalms 91 is such a beautiful scripture to read every morning. To being in that secret place with God. And being beneath his wings. That is so important. So because we're trying to, to get in the presence of God. Now, it's like this. If you can be, you can, thank you, Holy Spirit. You can be trying to get into the, to enter into the presence of God, but the old you keep popping up. Anybody been there? I'll tell you, the past few days seem like every time I go to pray, the old me pop up. And I'm like, God, what's going on here? And, you know, I'm awake, I'm awake at 2.30 in the morning, and I said, well, Lord, if I'm awake, I might as well pray. So I'm praying, and what happens? The old me pops up. See, so all kind of distractions is going on. I'm doing things, thinking about this, thinking about that. I'm like, God, I'm supposed to be praying. But see, the old us will keep popping up to keep us out of the presence of the Lord. See, it, that's the old us. It'll keep trying to keep us out of the presence of the Lord. Now, then the next thing is, God says, you can have knowledge of him and have experience, huh? And experience his grace, okay? Experience his grace. But the consistency in our walk is not there. Have you ever experienced the grace of God? <laughs> the grace of God. You got the knowledge of God. But something about our walk with him that's not consistent, that keeps us out of the, his, the presence of God. If you've ever experienced being in the presence of God, you'll know when you're not in the presence of God. 
Amen. You will definitely, you will definitely know when you're not in the presence of God. And then the next thing God says, when, when our walk is not there, he says, with every kind of wind of doctrine and vices of this world. That is what keeps us from being in the presence of God. In times like these, our soul needs an anchor. We need hope. We, we, need, we have to make sure that we are anchored in the Lord. You know, that song talks about being anchored in the Lord. It talks about when those winds blowing. You see, if the winds have not blown in your life yet, as old folks used to say, just wait a while. Just, just wait a while. Just, just wait a while because it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And see, right now we think well, we got it all going on. We got two nickels and a dime. But two nickels and a dime is going to dry up after a while. Going to dry up. Will our anchor still be holding? Now, now, point two is this. Now, I have to give you what God has given me. Now, point two is this. He says, you got to have hope. Now, going back to Hebrew chapter number six, looking at verse number 19. It says, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Hope is the anchor of our soul. We have to have hope. It says both sure and steadfast and which enters into that within the veil. See, we've got to have hope. In, in order to, to enter into the veil, we've got to believe God exists. Some people don't even believe God even exists. What's up with that? How can you not believe he does not exist? All we have to do is look around us and we'll know that he exists. But we got to have that hope. Now, listen to what he gave me. He says, hope serves as a foundation for being steady and stable. In times like these, we have to be steady and stable. If we're not steady and stable, we're going to be caught up with every vice of the world, every wind of doctrine, back and forth. We're not steady. Our anchor is something about our anchor is not right. Something about the anchor is not holding. So it says now, he says now, your foundation is that hope. You've got to be steady and you've got to be stable. And then he says, in times like these, he said, your faith and your hope has to be connected. Your faith and your hope has to be connected. Well, what do you mean, Lord, my faith and my, and, and my hope has to be connected? He's, you think about that anchor. That when you drop that anchor, it's connected to a chain. And see, well, that, that chain is your faith. And if you don't have your faith and your hope operating together, you're going to be tossed about with every wind of doctrine. You'll be tossed about with every vice of the world. See, you, we have to make sure that our faith and our hope is attached to one another. It's, it's very important. Now, and think, think about this. He says, if you are not anchored in Christ, when the storm hit, you will lose hope. How many people have almost lost hope? How many people has lost hope? Uh, we had a, a call yesterday, and I was listening to the, to, to, to the wife of someone that was injured. And it literally amazed me. 
they, they, they were doing some, some work and uh, they were cutting some, some grass and, and, and the lawnmower turned over on them. How, I don't know. But it ended up breaking multiple bones in the body. It broke uh, in the, on the ribs, both sides of the rib case. It did something to something going on in his neck. And uh, they're in ICU. And I'm listening to his wife and she says, I praise God. See, her anchor was holding. <laughs> her anchor was holding. She said, I praise God because it could have been worse. You see, it, it can be worse. The situation that we're in now, it can be worse. It could be in your house. It don't have to be far off. It can be, it can be worse. Well, I can't go here. I can't, but think about it. When we can't go here and we can't go there, that means we're spending less money. Amen. That means we're spending less money. And that means if we're spending less, we ought to be saving some, right? Amen. We should be saving some money. Amen. Because let me tell you, I keep saying it. God always speaks to us before things happen. We got to put some money back. Stay at the stores because they open. Let me tell you something. I'm not crazy. Some stores I go in, I put that little cloth on my face. See a whole lot of people walk around without them. I don't know where they've been, what they've done, or who they've connected with. Okay? Some stores I go in, I got on the N95, which is a whole lot thicker. Because there's a whole lot more people. See, we got to understand things are happening out there. But in times like these, we, what is it that we can't be at home with our own self? What is it? Thank you, Holy Spirit. What is it that we can't live with our own self at home? What is it? What is it that self got to go somewhere? Self cannot live with self. You ever thought about it? We don't want to be with ourselves. Why is it we, want to, we don't want to be with ourselves? Think about it. What is it, what is it that, that about us that we've got to be? I know God made us sociable people. I understand that. But there comes a time when we should be able to want to be in the presence of God to hear what God has to say. Because until we're in the presence of God, a lot of things that's going on or will happen, we will never know. But we can't seem to live with ourselves. What is that we can't live with ourselves? And you know, being in the presence of God is the greatest thing you can ever experience. It's the greatest thing you can ever experience. It takes you out of you. And most of us need to be taken out of us. Amen. It will take you out of you and he'll put you in the divine presence of God. And something happens in the divine presence of God. When you come up out of that situation, all those things that affected you, all those storms, all those winds that have blown, it seems like God said, peace be still. And it happens just like that. It happens just like that when you're in his presence. But most of us don't like to get in the presence of God. We don't want to be in in his presence. Oh, my God. Being in his presence is what's going to help us get through what's going on right now and what is yet to come. We've got to get in the presence of God. 
You see, when it comes down, when it comes down now to that anchor, talking about hope, and it's being steady from beneath, we are pressing to reach beyond the veil. Well, somebody said, well, you know, uh, Christ, Christ, we're not done. Christ, we say, well, Christ, the veil was ripped when, when Christ uh, went to the cross and, and he died. The veil was ripped. That's true. Now I'm going to give you our last scripture. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. Let us see where we are. 2 Corinthians chapter number 3. 2 Corinthians chapter number 3. I understand what Christ did. But do we understand what he did? Amen. Do people understand what he did? 2 Corinthians chapter number 3. Are we there? It says in verse number 12, Seeing then that we have such hope, we, we use great plainness of speech, and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, so he had been in the presence of the Lord, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. That which was abolished was the law. Okay? Now watch verse 14. 14 says, But their minds were what? Blinded. Even though Christ has done what he has done, people's minds are still blinded to what he has already done. Uh, It says, But their mind was blinded, verse 14, For until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. Now, Christ has done away with it, but they were still blinded. They were, people are still blinded today. Still blinded. We are still blinded today. Killings, unnecessary. People separating themselves from people. I mean, wait a minute. You might need my blood one day. Think about that. See, people are blinded. The, the veil that, that where, where Christ had died and where uh, he, he, he opened that petition for us, yet their, mind, the, 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 their minds are still blinded. They're still, they're still veiled. I, I remember when I went to, went to, to, to Jerusalem, we, we, we went to the hill of Golgotha. And, and there, I, I couldn't understand why these women were still going up this hill in black clothes. You know? and, and, and the lady said to me, she said, that's because they, they, they don't know he's risen. They don't, they don't know he has risen from the dead. So they still go, they see, they are still blinded because he has, Christ has risen from the dead. He should be living in our hearts. But there they were going up to Golgotha with black, with a long black dress on, with the, they had on the black hat and the veil. I'm like, where are the people going? They did, they did not even believe he had risen from the dead. The veil was still, they were still blinded. They still had the veil. Now, even today, people today still are blinded about the goodness of Jesus Christ. That we're blinded because we don't know who he is. We're blinded because we're not in his presence. But in times like these, our soul is going to need an anchor. If you don't have an anchor now, I suggest that you get one. Amen. I su- that's my suggestion from the Holy Ghost, that we get one. Amen. 
See, you've got to be anchored. You've got to be anchored in the Lord. But if you're not anchored in the Lord, as the songwriter say, you will surely drift away. Surely drift away. I mean, how many Christians have drifted away? Since, since this, this the situation that has gone on, how many believers, let me change that, because really it's disciples, disciples, learners of Christ. How many believers has drifted away? I, let me tell you about, let me show you an example of drifting. Hear me, world. Hear me. Hear me good. Hear the Lord good. I can't go to church. I can't go assemble. I can't do that. They said we couldn't. Who told you that lie except Satan? Who told you that lie? Because that's not true. The church is essential. Your soul, your spiritual walk with God is essential. Oh, I'm going to stay at the house. They said, no. Preachers, get up off of your hind and get your people back in the house because that is not what the government said. That's not what the government said. That is not what they said. I praise God that there were some bold preachers in Kentucky that took, the, that took their government to the court and the judges ruled in the, in the church's favor. Say, so get on back in the house. You never was never supposed to have been at the house. You got to use common sense. But you don't. The devil wants you out of the church of God. He wants you out of fellowship. He don't want you in fellowship. He wants the church to die. That's what he wants. But we don't have a problem running. Oh, I almost said it. We don't have a problem running to the man's job. Uh, well, okay, Holy Spirit. We don't have a problem running to the white man's job because most of us don't own nothing. But we can go there and put our lives in danger, but we can't come to the house of God. What's wrong with that? You better check your anchor because the next wave that's coming, you just might not be able to be held in place. Times like these. Times like this. My soul, your soul, we need an anchor. The church, the believers, we need an anchor. We need to be anchored in Jesus Christ and Him alone. Because after a while, that, that, that feel is going to dry up. It's going to dry up. And what you going to do then? Call on God. We put Him on the back burner, on the stern of the ship. The trouble coming, then we hop up. God, Master, you know it. It would take a whole lot for you and me. God gave us that authority to say, "What y'all decide to do about them folk acting like that?" Some of us will really do some things. We wouldn't even rebuke them. We we'd say, "Kill them." But see, that's not how God is. He spoke to that very thing that caused you problems. And he said, peace, be still. You got to remember that. Times like these, be anchored in the Lord. The winds may come, the billows may blow, but my anchor, my anchor is in the Lord. 
Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen.